Coming up on today's show, we chat all about the Game Awards nominees for 2022 and our review of God of War Ragnarok. No, oh I'm no, we're talking. You. So both you and I have been messaging Luke separately about Ragnarok because we don't want to spoil it for each other. <laughs> yeah. And then I, we we were trying before you got on to figure out like, okay, what are we going to talk up to so that in this conversation we don't spoil something and he brought up something i'm like whoa whoa, wait no no no. do not say that because i don't i don't know if derek's there yet and Mm. he's now checking your messages to to find out there's no evidence of that okay don't yeah no so So, i will not say anything about it welcome back everybody to the pixel candy podcast our weekly gaming podcast updating you all in the latest in video game news trends new releases and pretty much all things nerdy i'm your host alan sensich and i'm here with my co-host, he's back again, the ginger ninja, the got too much kush, Mr. Bricks and Bottles, the friendly red fox, Mr. Derek Legasic. What's going on, dude? It's going well, man. Good to be back on and uh, talk about some, some game awards and some, some other stuff tonight. We got some shit to good? talk about, man. And today, I'm fucking super pumped because we have another really good friend of ours. He is here for the first time officially on the show. Our Norse god expert, the Irish stallion, Nailer9712, the mad lad himself, Mr. Luke O'Neill. What is going on, man? Ah, it's going great, thanks. That's an awesome intro. I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, how can I build up Luke here with like, all right, well, he's fucking, he has all the background history on the Norse mythology. He is very Irish. Uh, <laughs> throwing his little <laughs> yeah. handle in, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you said Ginger Ninja, you could apply to both of us here at the, me and Derek, so. Yeah, you're like the Ginger duo here, you know? Now I, now yeah. I feel left out. You're I'm the minority. You got the two redheads. It's the only time I've not felt like a minority. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to give you guys a safe space, you know? I'm glad to well, offer that you. to you guys. Um, but, dude, we got some fucking crazy shit to talk about. Um, I'm glad to have both of you on because we are obviously all playing Ragnarok. Luke, being the mad lad that he is, uh, finished it on what was it Sunday, Saturday, I, Sunday, y- Monday? Yeah, I think it was like it was like Saturday night, Sunday. So four days, four or five days, the game had been out, and you crushed it, and it's like a forty-five hour at least experience. <laughs> so like, absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think I think I haven't played it in a few days now, just because I've been busy like with work and stuff. But like, you know, you could have stretched it out a little bit, right? You know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. When you pick, I pick something up. I can't put it down. Like I don't and... think he beat the first one though. The first one he beat in like a day and a half, I think, oh the, back in 2018. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like the, I guess it's not spoilers for 2018, but like the Valkyries gave me trouble. Mm-hmm. I, like especially uh, what's the last one? Sigrun, Sigrun, I think it was the one that has Sigrun. all the move sets in one. Yeah, yeah, she took I think longer than the rest of the game. Like oh for me. fuck, don't tell me Damn. that. I still, like, I still haven't beaten those. <laughs> like I think it, th- I think it took me like, uh, like three days at least of game time. Well, you're you're fucking insane, man. Because you you beat that, so you are ahead of both Derek and I. But we will be getting into kind of like as much of a review as is humanly possible, I guess, for where Derek and I are. And I think, I think we're like, I, I don't know this. I haven't checked anything. I feel like we are just over halfway. 
maybe maybe a little Is more than it? halfway really? okay i feel awesome. it i don't know luke don't, don't tell us don't don't fucking yeah don't no hints i swear to god if you give us anything we have all agreed to what we will talk up to and for anyone listening um we are going to get started with the game awards predictions for 2022 um and then we're going to go into god of war we're going to try and tiptoe around as much as possible with the very ending being like as pretty heavy spoilers there's some shit we got to talk about um so anyone listening just you know i don't want uh people just hopping off thinking they're gonna get spoiled right away so we'll give get, a spoiler warning once we get yes stuff, yeah right? we'll give you fair warning so to kick things off i do want to run through the list of game awards because hot damn and i'm, I'm bummed because my brother who obviously is my regular co-host here He's going to the Game Awards, that motherfucker. That's crazy. He's going to be there. He's going to see this. So yeah, we so agreed um, the week before Game Awards, which is December 7th, December 7th, December 8th, um, we, we're going to do his predictions and we're going to see where he lands in comparison to us three. Uh, but let's go down the list and I am sure we will circle back to this later. But what do you guys think? We're going to start with Game of the Year. And I'll read you off the nominees. It's pretty much going to come down to the two. But we got A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. What are you guys landing on? Luke, kick it off. You know, you know, you let up with me creaturing God of War. <laughs> but you know what? Like, uh, I think it really comes down to two games. And I feel really bad for Horizon because their timing of their release just got like so worse because the Elden Ring was just so good it really just screwed Horizon over it was like the week before right it was the week yeah. before so if you did not play that game in the first week and you got your hands on Elden Ring you forgot about Horizon because Elden Ring was a masterpiece and that kind of kind of alludes to who I have I have Elden Ring even though I love God of War so much, I think it does a lot for me, and we'll get into it a little bit more later. But Elden Ring for me, like I, I put so much hours into that game, and I can see myself going back to that game. And I, I'm, I don't know if, how you guys feel about it, but uh, I'm not really into form, uh, form software games. This is really my first one that I've really sunk my teeth into, and I can play this game over and over and over again. Hell yeah! No, I, I completely agree. Derek, where are you sitting at right now? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of FromSoft, so uh, I yeah, think, okay. yeah, no, <laughs> I'm shit. I'm a massive FromSoft fan. They're my favorite studio. Uh, Elden Ring is probably my game of all time. That's my favorite game ever. So yeah, it's not even a close call. That's my game of the year. Easy um, and I played Horizon in the week up until Elden Ring, and it was great. It was a good 20 hours I put into it, and then forgot about it and played Elden Ring for like two months straight. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think there's no contest for me where that comes down to, but I, I think that God of War for the majority of people is going to give Elden Ring a run for its money. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be really interesting because I think that's the most or more accessible game, but I'm going to agree with both of you. I'm going to have to give it to Elden Ring. I'm really fucking curious as to who's going to actually win. Because again, yeah. popular vote for accessibility, God of War is just like the blockbuster, right? Whereas Elden Ring is like that fucking indie film that comes out and blows everyone away and becomes everyone's favorite movie of all time. 
I, th- I think like, Elden yeah. Ring was more impactful. Like, it sold crazy numbers. It outsold Call yeah. of Duty. So, like, it really became popular. And this might be the, the game that brings Elden Ring to the level of a God of War where it's a little bit more mainstream. It's not quite niche anymore. So, well, if there's ever yeah. a time, it's now, right? And what um, what won Game of the Year before from, from Soft? Uh, Secure Shadows Die Twice. Yeah. So, dude, it is totally possible. And mm-hmm. I, I do hope it wins because you guys touched on everything, but... Dude, that game is so insanely special. Yeah. And I, as much as I am loving God of War right now, I, I think the the impact it had in terms of coming to the table with so many new things and being a game that I've never experienced before. I played uh, the remake of, what was it, Demon Souls. I tried Bloodborne. Those, having beat Demon Souls, that game is fantastic doesn't even hold a candle to Elden Ring. That game is such an insanely good game. So we're all in agreement. Elden Ring. Um, Do you guys have a two and three just to see like what else you guys are feeling about the game of the year? Like what would come in well, second? Yeah, like you get there's a five games here, right? Like you guys, I'm, I'm assuming God of War is up next. And then yeah, um, yeah, is obviously. there anything else here that you guys played? Like uh, I know, uh, Alan, you played Stray, right? Is that out of is that the one there? out of the ones I played? Honestly, I would just have to say out of these like i honestly i would put another game in here i'm trying to think mm. of what other what other games i played this year yeah but For- horizon would not be one of them i i liked yeah, it it was it was good i wouldn't put it on this list stray very unique game i would not have it on a game of the year list that's very it's a little strange weird to me. being in there yeah yeah i'm trying to think now um uh, luke go for it while he figures out yeah um yeah like for me like auto war is thing like but like one thing i will say about uh elden ring while you're thinking about this is Elden Ring I think it's going to redefine what open world is like yeah yeah like especially because like we've gotten so used to like uh open world games like Valhalla uh like Assassin's Creed franchise and, and Horizon the thing I said. yeah and Horizon right but they're very directed like there's just pings everywhere there's like markers everywhere you know where to go whereas like Elden Ring kind of drops you in there and it's just pure exploration I know back when it was big like all three of us we're literally just like hey i'm in this random spot i don't know where i am but it's cool you guys need to check this out at some yeah. point mm-hmm. and that i don't think you can replace and i gotta agree with you guys besides the two like i i don't know what to put here and i don't think i would i would have put the games that they have here as game of the year candidates like yeah, it's, do you it's... have a three i don't know no okay cool um, I, I, I don't know it's it, those two are such on a different class for me that I yeah. don't know what what I would put close to them to be quite honest. Okay. And Alan, and that, what was your uh, three? I, I'm looking through all the games I played, and like it is hard. Um, Inscription I would put on here before a lot of these games. I still have to get to that. Um, but but Plague's Tale, I haven't played it, and all I have heard is amazing things. So maybe that is a game completely deserving of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard when I haven't played all of them. Xenoblade Chronicles, never played it, don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure, but obviously Ragnarok would be very... It's a very close second, but Elden Ring just has that X factor of like, I've never played a game that has just captured me the way that that mm-hmm. game did. So 100% yeah, yeah. Elden Ring, it's got it. And I hope that it actually takes like the real game award that night. Um, next up, we got best game direction. So 
This one's hard because we got, again, it's all the same uh, games. Uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Immortality, which I've heard is fantastic. And this one's hard. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would still give it to Elden Ring if the description being awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Like, Elden that's, Ring. Yeah, that's huge like, for yeah. it. Yeah, that's, you read that's, that, that's, that's what Elden it Ring. is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly God of War is great, but it's innovated with 2018. 2018, God of War was the innovation. This is a continuation of that, yeah. where Elden Ring is like where the innovation happened, mm-hmm. where the evolution of everything, yeah. It's also weird. That, that description to me sounds like game of the year description too. Like a game that has like outstanding creative overall vision and innovation in game direction and design. Like that, I've, you know what I mean? No, yeah. but like I, I feel like like the game of the year though is like, your overall best, right? Because like yeah. we'll get into some other topics, right? Like, uh, but that I actually voted differently. But again, I'm the same here. Like Elden Ring for me, God of War was great, and Derek, I agree with you. 2018 was like it was really cool how they pulled Kratos out of like the Greek mythology and just plunked him in Norse mythology. As you guys kind of alluded to, I'm really big into mm-hmm. Norse mythology, so I've eaten this game up. However, I will say they do do a good job about like weaving Norse mythology like pretty closely to what the story is but taking their own spin on it so that's kind of cool but it's not enough for me with Elden Ring Elden Ring used the great minds of the people at uh, Forum Software as well as George R. 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 Martin a lot yeah. of people forget he was, that was, that was that a huge game. part of it and I know he didn't have a huge role but like you have that guy from Game of Thrones who is wacky brain <laughs> helping pick this yeah like that's what makes okay that makes the next one best narrative really tough for me because i'm personally gonna give it to ragnarok we have plague tale requiem again elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west and immortality i'm gonna give it to god of war ragnarok just because of how fucking on the edge of my seat i am every time there's a cutscene. i am like holy fuck i can't wait to see where this is going but i gotta say elden rings lore if you put in the research and the time to invest of what's going on in that world is it almost beat it for me just based on that hidden lore that you can discover in that game. Yeah. The, the history and the, the, the depth behind that game is something incredible, but it's not storytelling. It's not narrative. It's something else entirely. I wish there was a category for it because that deserves to be recognized in some way. Um, but best yeah. lore. Yeah. Yeah. Best should, lore. It should best, be. Like, oh, man, so something to like, if it was best lore, they'd, I'd honestly put League of Legends right in there, even though it's a completely I, yeah. different game. <laughs> Just based yeah. on Arcane, like, I would agree with you. Yeah, like it, it's insane. Like and like Arcane's like a little sliver. We'll get to that later, but mm-hmm. like I I agree with you guys. God of War is storytelling. Like it is one of the best iterations of storytelling I've ever seen in a video game. In my yeah, my opinion, it's... like I have never been moved as I have, especially in this one. Like because unlike you guys, I've actually finished it. I know the, the the whole the whole <laughs> accumulation of it, and you know that kind of affects like why we will talk about certain yeah. subjects later. But. Dude, I'm getting I don't know about you guys I'm getting a very there's a very similar feeling within me, and it is like one of the best feelings ever. And the only other times I got this type of feeling, there, there's games out there, Last of Us One and Two and all that, but like to relate it to a movie that I guess more people have accessed, um, Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home. 
watching certain scenes from those movies where I, my body's just feeling euphoria of what I'm seeing on screen. I'm like, this is so well done. There are moments where just like shit's happening in Ragnarok and I'm just like, fuck yes. Like masterclass game design in every way. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I don't really have much more to add to that, but well, let's great. move on to best art direction. So I, okay. We talked about this before. And I was like, you know what? So far, Ragnarok, because this game is mind-bendingly beautiful. Like, so fucking gorgeous. But then I started thinking back to those moments in Elden Ring where I would just be opened up to a vista. Or it would be an underground cave and you would see... You guys know what I'm talking about. The the giant in the chair. Yeah, the the night sky underground. And like, I think I got it. right? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I have to give it to Elden Ring. I have yeah. to. See, yeah, see, go oh, go ahead, Derek. You go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, but like, see, like I'm torn on this one. I wish I could get half C's for each because, like, the thing is, like, Elden Ring is like yeah. exactly what you were saying. Like, the vistas are beautiful. Like, especially when you're like doing that, like that side stuff of like finding the people in the chairs, like the kings in the chairs. Yeah. You always have like this beautiful landscape around. But like for me, like. I love the whole point of like uh, God of War, where you have every realm is something completely different. Like you, you know, it's the you go to this realm, it's it's insane variety. Like and um, even like compared to like the first game, like the first game, like it, it had that variety. But I love how like in the second game, like even the zones that you've been to before, completely different. Yeah, and, like I, that's why me, my immediate thought was that. Mm-hmm. So, despite how I feel about Elden Ring, this is the first one I gave to God of War. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Um, I think it's kind of split for me, to be honest. Um, our best art direction, I think, would go to Elden Ring. Best graphics, I would actually say, yes. goes to Horizon Forbidden West. Really? Uh, Compared to God the, of War? Do you remember the video you posted on Pixel Candy of like the eye and the zooming out and like how detailed? Like God of War is beautiful. Is there is there a photo I mode still, in God of War? No, I don't think so. I haven't found no. one. I'm I'm gonna uh, now we don't know this for sure, but I, I will put money on when that gets added because it will mm-hmm. do what you did in Forbidden West, which is basically use the um, the depth of field the zoom, yeah. and the zoom together to like basically punch in as far as you can. Mm-hmm. I I it has to be on par, dude. I cannot see this game being. I don't think so, man. You don't I mean, think I, so? No, I mean I just think that Horizon Forbidden West, even though I didn't love that game as a game was the most beautiful game and most highly rendered the the depth of field the lighting in every single interaction like the way that they had the camera and and it was cinematic in every single conversation with every single npc is something that they didn't get in god of war right it's it's still well done and i would say god of war is the best middle right god of war has the best art direction and the best graphics like together but just pure graphical powerhouse of like technical achievement and draw distance and shit going on for me, it goes to Horizon for Midwest, man. That game was absolutely gorgeous. Damn. Um, yeah. Just throw a monkey wrench into your guys' <laughs> series. I'm, no, I'm going uh, to have to... I, I really want a, a camera mode in God of War to yeah. see that type of thing. But I have taken a bunch of screenshots, but there's nothing that can really give you that, yeah. that detail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Luke, you, uh, you had pointed out you wanted to discuss best score and music. Um, yeah. What did you have to say about this? Because again, same nominees. We have A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Metal Hellsinger. So I've only played actually two on this list. 
but from the two I've played, they're fantastic. Elden Ring, amazing score. Whenever you're in a boss fight, you feel amped. You feel like you're epic. in it. It's, it's epic as fuck. It, yeah. It's epic as hell. Like um, the only downside I'd say to Elden Ring that I wish was a bit more like in terms of like score and music is that it's like very quiet otherwise. Like when you're in a boss fight, it's like you know you have mm-hmm. a lot of score, but when you're in a, walking around an area, you don't really have too much. Going I would on. say that yeah. adds to it though. Like that silence yeah. is is what makes those boss fights so epic. If it was yeah. just epic music yeah. all the time. It wouldn't have that rise and fall, right? But... No, a hundred percent. And I think it, it is important to have silence. Um, I definitely, I, but like even like if it was like more eerie sounds when you're like you're in that like magma zone where it's like all like kind of run down like ghost town areas. Like if you had like a bit more like creaking and like stuff mm-hmm. like that, like, um, but but me finishing the game of Ragnarok, God of War has amazing score. Like wherever you're in a very epic part, like the music just. Mm, chef's kiss like, I mean didn't Sony open up the 2018 trailer with like at E3 of like the just fucking huge orchestra doing the like yeah. the God of War like boom 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 yeah and like what I love about it is that it takes that classic thing that's been like tied to like uh, the God of War franchise for years like and they've, they've just like they add it in at the perfect times like it seems like every character has like their like specific it's almost like theme like as you would in anime mm-hmm. like it almost has like they yeah. have their own theme yeah. but like they just crank it to 11 so like for me like i feel like the score of this adds to the storytelling of the thing because it really sets the mood that drives the storytelling home which like you know i couldn't i couldn't separate the two the score is needed for storytelling i think in well how okay that all being said how are you feeling about best audio design because that's the next award with I think the exact same nominees, um, sorry, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, and God of War. So, so where does that separate for you? So one, I I saw this list and I was like, I almost laughed a bit because I, I, as you guys know, I play like a lot of shooters too. Mm-hmm. And I saw Call of Duty on here. Call of Duty is not deserved to be on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Audio design for Call of Duty, really? This game, I played this beta. <laughs> And I played Warzone recently because it just came out mm-hmm. like like yesterday. You, someone could be sprinting behind you and you hear nothing. So like this whole thing about audio design with COD, COD being on here, I I'm very confused about that. Maybe if I, they're talking about their storyline. I've heard it's all about the gun sounds. The way the guns sound in this game are supposed to be the most accurate and precise and most realistic sounding guns like across the board. I will give them I don't play these, but that's what it's about. Are you talking about like maybe um, you're in a room and someone's running around the outside of the wall and that audio design of knowing where you can pinpoint that location is kind of poor compared to the audio recording of a gun sound? Like, is that where you're, you're coming from? So like... From a, from a gun sound and stuff and like like kind of physical sounds like you know like what something sounds like mm. for the most part like yeah like COD does a pretty good a good like the gun sounds are great but like I wouldn't give them this just because they have yeah. the most accurate gun sounds when they have so many audio bugs in their mm. games like you know when like it's best in game audio if you can't hear someone sprinting in the same room as you that's an issue yeah. like <laughs> uh, that'd be super frustrating. Gran Turismo always has good sound, but like again, like I don't, I don't know, like you know, car, like car sounds are great, but I feel like they're like probably one of their. I don't know how easy it is in comparison to other things, mm. but again, I feel like 
Elden Ring has it for me here. Right. I, I just really like the the sound design of this. Like again, like every little thing, every little like um, boss and stuff has really. Great there are a lot of things I can recall straight from memory. Like right now, if I just close my eyes and imagine me using like one of the fucking magic wielding sticks in Elden Ring, I know what that sounds like. And I don't know if it's just because I put like 120 hours into that game within a month, but like I do, I do get what you're saying. Um, no, yeah, and and God of War has really good one too. Again, it, it does. Like, these yeah. two are really close in a lot of categories for me, but like they're in like um, every category. I swear. Like when you re- like they're like, great games. <laughs> they're great games. Yeah, but like for me, like Elden Ring is great. But I just wanted to talk about like how I'm so surprised that Call of Duty even made yeah. this list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, this whole honestly, we've gone through uh, several awards at this point, and I'm shocked at like how little variety there was. It didn't. I didn't realize how little new big titles released this year. There's not that many. Mm-hmm. I would. I don't know. Yeah. Like if you had just asked me, like all the games I played this year, I'm like, oh, a shit ton came out this year. And then I'm looking at the list. I'm like, I guess not. Like, well, there's um, a lot like right in the in the fall or whatever, right? There was like, yeah, uh, Dying Light, Horizon, Elden Ring. Lego Star Wars, a whole bunch came out, and then it was kind of silent for a while. Yeah, true. Which yeah. which is going to be next year as well, man. Oh, next yeah. year is going to be bad. It's but, really uh, it's, it's really interesting because they had like two release periods this year. They had one like right after like New Year's, so it was like February, March, April, and then it was like late summer, like and then like early fall. Like now people are trying to get them in before Christmas, but it found it really interesting. There was like the only games I recall like that I was really hyped for was like Elden Ring in February. And then got a war in the fall. I don't re- recall any big games coming out in between. Yeah, no, it seems and, to be a standard the list. Like they release games when people are going to buy them the most, and that's I guess in North America. That's during the winter and during the fall. That's Christmas, and then everyone's stuck inside for January, February. That's when everyone's buying games versus the summer where people are out doing stuff. Yeah, you never really so. see these big games release like like prime summertime. You know. Um, we ha- okay. There's a ton more awards to get to. We are skipping over a lot of these that we just I don't think had common interest in discussing. So anyone listening, like go to uh, thegameawards.com, look at all the nominees because there is a shit ton to go through. Uh, we do have a few more that we can touch on. Let's try and power through these because uh, cool. I know <laughs> we're I don't want to stretch too far before we we get to the good stuff about God of War. Um, the next one I just want to touch on briefly is the best indie game. Um, we have Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Tunic, and Stray. Did you guys play any one of these five by chance? I played Stray for about two hours, and then okay. I never touched it again. <laughs> Luke, did you play any of these? No. <laughs> I so, be straight up. No, that, no, that's okay. That's okay. I you just talk, want you do your thing, man. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out, and I've I've spoken about it on the show before, but Cult of the Lamb. This game was fucking so goddamn good, and I really hope it wins. I don't think it's going to. Um, I also played Tunic and Stray. They're both fantastic games, but the one on here that I'm hoping wins, I haven't even fucking played it. I've just followed so much about it. And I will download it one day, but that's Neon White. And it is such a weird mix of like a Mirror's Edge free running game mixed with a card game, but you're playing those cards you're collecting on the fly while free running. And it is, it's Devolver, like, or sorry, Annapurna, um, who makes fantastic games. So I just want to put it on the record my favorite game here that if I could choose, it would definitely fucking be. Um, Call to the Lamb, but I think it's going to go to Neon White just based on like 
the buzz that I've seen. Cool. So, I yeah, if you guys can ever play, honestly, any one of these, Sifu is apparently fucking phenomenal. I'm, I'm looking forward to that going on sale. I'm going to pick that up. Well, do uh, Black Friday's coming up, yeah. so yeah. keep a lookout, right? There's so many games coming out, though. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's move on, I guess. Uh, I'm going to skip a bunch of these. So we, we had Best Indie. Uh, Derek, did you have anything to say about Best Mobile? Uh, yeah, I'll keep it quickly. Oh, sorry, I'll keep it brief because you guys have already heard me talk about this. Marvel Snap is mm-hmm. an absolute gem. Um, I do not play mobile games. I don't think I've downloaded one for like four or five years. I heard about this game, downloaded it on a whim. I've been pretty addicted to this game for like oh, two weeks now. I play it pretty much every day. Um, it's a really cool card game. It's fun for the actual strategy of the game, but you're also collecting Marvel characters. If you haven't heard about Marvel Snap or you haven't really been into the mobile market, you're looking for something just to mess around with, I cannot recommend this game higher. This is a, it's a phenomenal little mobile game to just waste some time, and who knows, you might get really into it and find a new favorite. I've heard a ton about it, and like I've heard nothing but good things. It is... It's up against two giants being Apex Legends Mobile and Genshin Impact. And mm-hmm. let's be real, Genshin's probably going to take it if Apex yeah. doesn't. Uh, but yeah, to your point, everything I've heard is amazing about this game. Um, and it, it's it's fairly new too, right? Yeah, I think it just yeah. came out a month ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you, you shouldn't sleep on Diablo either. People are loyal to Blizzard. What? So no, but wasn't that game completely shit awful, on because yeah. of the so way they, it they handled it? it it was, but you you can't underestimate Blizzard fanboys. They will they will vote this up, even though I agree it is definitely the worst one on here. I think I I don't even yeah. know too much about Tower of Fantasy, but I think it is the worst one on here. Well, listen, there's a bunch of other awards here. Accessibility. I mean, fucking God of War is doing the whole Sony thing, which I think is incredible, and having ridiculous accessibility options. Um, we got best action game best action adventure game i feel like we're just going to talk in circles because let's be real we're all probably going to choose ragnarok unless you guys really want to go over this yeah Yeah. Um, Yeah, role playing let's be real it's fucking elden ring 100,000 percent um so i'm going to skip to one that i do want to talk about briefly and that is best adaptation from a video game and this one is very dicey because we got arcane league of legends Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. Which, can I just say it? This might have been the single best year in history of video game adaptations, whether it was live action or animation. Like, what the fuck? All five of these are, like, really good in their their own regard. I would say Uncharted is the weakest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Sonic. I heard good things, though. Uh, Cuphead is supposed to be very faithful to that old school animation, but I think for the two of us, and correct me if I'm wrong, it comes down to Arcane versus Cyberpunk. So, yep. Derek, where are you at with these two? I know you've only watched one of them, so it's kind of obvious, but yeah. So for me, I'm a huge Cyberpunk fan, and um, Edge Runners was actually like more or less my introduction to anime. I'm not a huge fan of the the genre. You guys have been trying to get me into it for years, so this was the first real shot I gave it, and I had a blast with this uh this one so for me it goes to that um i don't really have much to weigh on so i'll let you guys just fight over whatever these other two are gonna gonna come on top let's let's hear it what are you what are you thinking (sighs) it's tough it is so (laughs) tough uh because i think both what both of these did really well is that 
they didn't try to copy what the game is, right? Like, so, like, what we see in Uncharted, they literally try to squish, like, three storylines of uh, yeah. like the first three games yeah. into one. And, like, I feel like that's a mistake with video games, and a lot of mm -hmm. people get on them. Mm -hmm. I know some people want them to be very faithful, but, like, I feel like the best option in some of these things is it be in the same universe. Yes. And Arcane, even though it has, like, some characters from League of Legends, even though it's a completely different kind of game than Arcane kind of suggests, um, they do, like, a really good job of just putting it in the universe and exploring the lore. And edge runners even though it gave me all the feels it was like a it's it's really easy to get into and really easy to binge in like two three days i gave it to arcane because i just felt like the whole time i was watching arcane it was just a, a masterpiece i love that animation style that's the first time i've ever yeah. seen that animation style um and they just pulled off so many different like character developments like especially with like you see with jinx like how yep. how she just slowly goes crazy how they brought in certain characters like echo and like how they brought into like the vi and caitlin's relationship and what i'm really excited for is that they have so much to work with for future stuff like cyberpunk is a one-off yeah i feel like arcane key, is gonna be keep on going because league of legends lore like we were kind of mentioning before that is deep they're making an MMO out of this stuff, so they have a lot of material to work with. Well, and, and they've announced that Arcane will be continuing. It's not a one-off. So I'm in the same boat as you. I was struggling with this because, dude, Cyberpunk fucking, I've talked about this on the show. I was like, okay, spooky season's coming up, spooky games, spooky mindset. I'm so ready for this. And then Cyberpunk Edge Runners dropped. And I'm like, oh, I forgot they were even making the show. Whatever, I'll check it out. And I fell in love with it. This show is a 10 out of 10 anime, 10 out of 10 adaptation of Cyberpunk in every single fucking way. Um, I love it to death. And it made me binge Cyberpunk for like 70 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> I put in so much time in that game again, twice. That's the second time I played this game. So... I'll, that's kind of my highest praise that I can give that show. However, there is a bias here, and it does have to do with the fact that Edge Runners I know is a one-off. So as one encapsulated thing, it's a package. It's great. It's perfect. But dude, Arcane got me interested in something that I have never been even remotely interested in. I fucking have no interest in League of Legends. I'm sorry to anyone that plays it and loves it. I have no like ill will towards League of Legends people, but it has never interested me in the slightest. And when I started watching the show, I was very um I don't know, like not not interested in watching it, but everyone kept saying like the buzz around the show was nonsense. So I gave it a shot. And I I'm going to agree with you, Luke. I think if this if it comes down to an award of like outstanding just everything, animation like you said being kind of the top thing here, it it deserves it, dude. Arcane is a fucking perfect season 1 of anything yeah. I think I've ever watched. So like knowing that that's going to go somewhere and I have like this world to now look forward to and explore that I've never been a part of 100%. Like I'm so down, and I really hope that it wins it. But I'm going to be happy if either one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Either one for me, if they win, that I'm happy with. I just know Riot has the deepest pockets yes. ever. And all so. the animation budget. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they just have the deepest pocket pockets for anything. Yeah. So 
Do you guys think any of these others have a chance, or is no. it for everybody you think it's between these two? I don't right? think any, no. no. It's definitely between these two. This is the same thing as Elden Ring versus Ragnarok. I would fucking okay. be absolutely beside myself if, like, Uncharted. Or Dude, like Sonic might win, man. <laughs> hey, Sonic was received well. People liked that movie, but it wasn't talked about like Arcane or Cyberpunk was. Yeah. Where, like, again, perfect season one. Cyberpunk, just as, like, a project, perfect. And just replicated the games perfectly. So... Hell yeah, I I will be super happy if either one gets it, so I'm kind of in a good place. But we have one more to talk about, and this, in my opinion, is the fucking hardest one that we have discussed so far, and that is the most anticipated game for 2023. We got Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Starfield, or The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This what the hard. fuck it it's hard for me in a weird way because i know you guys love resident evil you guys are huge for me oh, like yeah. that's that's not even a conversation and that's just because for me i'm not huge on resident evil so okay so what's yours i'm actually really interested to know like what out of all these games are you dying to play the most right one of them is going to be surprise i know one of them we've all talked about like in hogwarts legacy that that game is really exciting to me mm -hmm. like especially because it's it's something that i feel like has been so obvious to do that no mm -hmm. one's really taken advantage of yes and uh so that one that one is like a thing but the struggle for me too is actually final fantasy like 16 really which is which wow. is really weird because i think both of you guys would have never pegged me for that i didn't did you play the other ones i've never heard you talk about it that, yeah, is, so that I, is interesting i actually really 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 enjoyed uh that the remake they made recently the seven, seven. i think it was yeah. yeah seven was really really fun i really enjoyed that and then um i actually played their mobile one which is like uh final fantasy 14 and when i first saw the the, the release trailer for this because like final fantasy even though they have an overarching kind of similar story every game's like a new game yeah which is having yeah. like the same title this one really grabbed my interest in terms of things, especially because I haven't seen a lot on it. They're very, like, hush-hush about it right now, I think, from, from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. But for me, Hogwarts takes it. Because, like, just the, cool. the fact that, like, even uh, people I know that don't play games a lot, they're even like, what's this Hogwarts Oh, my God, game? Nicole is yeah. dying to play this game. My girlfriend, who fucking could not care less about video games, is e so eager to get her hands on this. So, yeah, 100%. Derek, yeah. what, uh, where are you at, man? This this has got to be tough. Yeah, so almost the opposite of Luke, but, I mean, we, we have the same most anticipated. So my most anticipated is Hogwarts Legacy. Mm -hmm. um, but the only one on here I do not care about at all is Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> I could not care less. I've tried the other games. I've tried 15, mm -hmm. 7. Um, just they're not for me, right? I can see the appeal, not for me. So the, the other four here, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil, Starfield, and Zelda – Starfield is a spiritual successor, I guess, to one of my favorite games of all time, which is Fallout 4. Mm -hmm. um, I know that game wasn't as highly praised as the others, but that's still an incredible game for yeah, me. Great game. Resident Evil, the Resident Evil series is one of my favorite series ever made. A bunch of those games are in my top 10, top 20. Same with Zelda. I loved that game when it first came out. Yeah. But the reason that Hogwarts Legacy sticks above those other ones for me is because it's the only one that doesn't have that history. It's the only one that's like a completely fresh, brand new, I've never experienced a game like this. Maybe it's going to be just like The Witcher or whatever in mm. terms of its structure, but I've never played a Hogwarts game. I've never played a Harry Potter game other than like Lego Harry Potter when I was a yeah. kid, right? Um, so as much as I'm really excited to see where they take Resident Evil, where Bethesda goes next, or where... Link goes next in um, 
Tears of the Kingdom, Hogwarts Legacy stands above because it's just it's the unknown, it's the new, it's the fresh, it's it's the thing that gets me the most yeah. excited. So damn it, you you took my you took my reasoning, man. I, we oh, we agree it. on so much. You literally <laughs> took the words out of my mouth because that dude, you hit it like you you nailed it right on the head. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I, I think I have to give it... I want to explain my thought process here because it, it is really what you said. It's the unknown quantity. Like, my mind's going to all these places, these fantastical ways of thinking of what this game could be that I feel like I'm hyping it up to be what I want it to be because I don't know what it is. They, they've shown off quite a bit at this point. They just put out a long gameplay trailer of, of walking the grounds. And it looks phenomenal. But my little brain keeps going, okay, like, can you do this, though? And they walk mm-hmm. past something. I'm like, whoa, wait, d- turn the camera back. Can you go there? Can you do this? And if all those things are answered in the way I want, this could be one of the fucking coolest games ever. Because yeah. the world is, Luke said it, like, no one's done this before. Why not? Like, th- this has so many fucking possibilities. But, dude, Resident Evil, like, is one of my childhood all-time favorite series ever. <laughs> and never mind the fact that Resident Evil 4 particularly is one of my favorite games of all time. So to know that this is getting a very like reputable treatment. We've played Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake. They've put out 7 and Village recently that are fucking incredible games. This game is going to be absolutely phenomenal and the fact it's one of my my favorite games getting that treatment it is so fucking close to hogwarts (laughs) but that fantastical nature of my brain coming up with all these random things is what's pushing me to hogwarts and i I feel similar about you know starfield and zelda breath of the wild i think of that game and i'm just like just give me more of it It, it's going to be a a fucking 10 out of 10 if they just give me more of it and starfield being a a fallout-ish game i love that game to death so it's this is a really tough category but i will agree with the both of you hogwarts has got to take it dude yeah got it yeah all right so that's the game awards i guess right that's game awards man are we ready man. are we ready to talk about <sighs> some ragnarok <laughs> i will get okay so if we're gonna get into this now i will say uh there'll probably be some spoilers i think we should try and keep away from like too big of moments if anything comes to mind we're like this was one of the biggest revelations holy fuck um maybe let's try and tiptoe around that if we can don't don't worry too much Mm -hmm. about it but i want to give the audience like a little bit of a warning um i think the first like couple hours we can we can go in depth because you know that's the that's your first intro to the game that's whatever um and then we'll give another spoiler warning i think near the end where we'll just fucking go right into that stuff we really want to uh to get into so i want to start off um derek i'll start with you um do a round table here of just like general impressions of just where you're at with the game what you're thinking your current rating of what you would give it and i had on here do you think it's game of the year but we already answered that so that's true it goes to elden ring uh but yeah go ahead man what what are you, how are you feeling about this game so far uh, I'm, I'm very much enjoying this game. Um, as, uh, as you guys know, but I guess the audience doesn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of the original game. I thought it was a really good game, like an 8.5 and 9 out of 10, but it wasn't the absolute masterpiece that a lot of people, a lot of people thought it was, or like that it may be for a lot of people. 
Um, so for this game, I had some iffy expectations going in, and it had a kind of a rocky start for me personally, but it's slowly grown, and specifically through the story and the characters, into a really captivating and interesting game that I am excited to play every night. It's, I'm about 20 hours in right now. Um, I've been playing it every day for the last what week now i guess it's been out for almost exactly a week yeah um yeah uh it's been a great great time um a couple things that i had key takeaways was um i really feel like the the story and the characters and everything that you get narratively in this game benefits so greatly from the original's foundation and from what that laid in 2018 and the characters here have more depth they have more intrigue their conflicts are more fleshed out and they feel so much better i'm so much more involved in the story but I feel like there's a bit lacking in terms of surprise and newness and innovation that is kind of holding this back from being that 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Um, for a fair bit of the game, I feel like, okay, I've been here, I've done that, and key parts have, have brought it above that, but largely I'm sitting right now at about an 8.7, 8.5. Like, it's 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 a really, really good game, but it's it's not breaking my top, like, 20 um it's just it's 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 a really good time and i'm i'm enjoying it right now nice well can can i say because like okay you you have expressed the uh your thoughts on like the original game before but i had forgotten and i don't know i think it's because you bought like that crazy fucking edition for I the was first so one hyped for that and like game. you you came to my house on launch night and we had we were like rocking that game and like it was a good time and i just had this impression that god of war was at the same level for you as it is me mm-hmm. where like last of us is and like all like the resident evils and like all these big fucking titles that we can't get enough of so when uh we we have our group chat and fucking I, what did i ask i said something and you were like <laughs> yeah no i don't know like the the intro you know kind of threw me off a bit it seems a bit repetitive like you had all these been, i just said comments. it was mixed i've had a mixed yeah, experience so i far. legit yeah. i'm not joking i thought you were fucking with me <laughs> i thought legit i'm just like ah oh, this fucking guy you know this, this like masterpiece comes out and he's just like it's okay and like it's mid and i'm like i thought you were joking but when you explained <laughs> i was like okay okay like it's it's completely fair um, yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I enjoyed the hell out of it that time at your house. Like, when that first Balder fight happened, I was in awe. I, 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 that's still a, a quintessential gaming moment for me. That first fight was incredible. It's just there's been nothing that happened later in the game or that's happened in Ragnarok that's really, like, surprised me or really made me go, holy shit, the way that did. So it was kind of like it, it started on a peak and it kind of just dwindled and the story yeah. didn't go exactly where I wanted it to. Um, but don't make... Don't make it seem like I'm shitting on this. No, game. I know. This is I know you. Game. I know you enjoy it thoroughly. It's not the perfect game that you guys. Sorry, it doesn't feel like the perfect game for me the yeah. way that you guys feel it is. Yeah, I'll um, I'll go next here and just say that yeah, I I definitely am on the side of like this game is absolutely blowing my fucking tits off right now. Like, I I cannot imagine how they could have improved this game. Like I said before, I'm having those moments of like. Uh, what would you call it like i guess euphoria like i said before like watching endgame or these big movies where you just you're watching and you can't get enough i'm on the edge of my seat the presentation of this fucking game is mind-boggling from the graphics to the art design to the actors like dude the way that everyone is talking and and just having conversations in this game and the interactions between every single character Mm -hmm. i'm i'm so enthralled like i can't stop watching 
as soon as the cutscene starts, I put the controller down and I'm literally just like giddy, ready to see where this fucking thing goes. Um, I'm loving the gameplay and the gameplay depth and the way that they are slowly trickling in. Like, I don't know how much more like gameplay mechanics they can fit in, but they keep doing it. And they keep adding, like, not just little things, like, here's a new move set. It's like they're adding, like, whole fucking, like, skill trees and characters with skill trees. And, like, all this crazy shit. And I just cannot get enough of it. Um, so that's, like, my overall really fucking shotgun burst of impressions. But honestly, this game, I told you guys before, a lot of people have problems with perfect scores. This is a 10 out of 10. 100%. I have not had an issue with this game. I would say the only thing, same as 2018, that I'm not a big fan of is the fucking difficulty spike with the Valkyries and the, what are they called in this? Berserkers? <laughs> the Berserkers, yeah. Yeah, like, we've had this conversation. This is not a Souls game. And then all of out of nowhere, they're like, well, now it is, but the mechanics aren't where Souls games are. Good luck to you. And I find it really frustrating. But I'm not going to dock it for that because, number one, they're optional. And number two, they are doable. I just don't... I'm, I'm not down for that type of grind. The game itself, everything I've experienced up to this point, keep in mind, you know, both in Derek and I are at the same point. We have a long ways to go. Um, this game is perfect. I Like, it is as close to a masterpiece, 10 out of 10, that I could ever, like, imagine a game being. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you kind of took, like, half the things I was going to say about this game. Like, like it's 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 honestly incredible like my my general impression of it is i think it's a perfect sequel i i i have played a lot of sequels and i've hadn't had the feeling that i have with god award that with every other sequel like because the biggest thing i i think of it is that it like evolves like you start off like almost right after the first like the 2018 version and like you know the 2018 version with the after credits with like foreshadowing thor like I was like, okay, like, are we going to run into him right away? Like, what? Like, I had that anticipation, yep. and I know this is a little thing, but I'm not sure if you guys noticed at the beginning, home screen, they actually give you a recap of what happened in the first game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's huge. Like, I don't know any other game that is like, hey, here's what happened in the first game, just yeah. in case. You Last forget. time on God of War. <laughs> Previously. Now that's boy. maybe that maybe <laughs> boy, not a boy. No, but like I think that's that's huge, especially for people that that maybe haven't played the 2018 game, don't want to go back yeah. and play the 2018 game. You get it caught up with the story, like it, you know. I know it was put in for accessibility. I I totally agree. Like that that was one thing that for me that I was like, holy, this is crazy. Um, but just in terms of actual like game, like story development, in this is insane. Character development in this is crazy. Like the first one, I thought was like, oh my gosh, this is a nice coming of age thing. And then this one, I just like kept. Like 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 you, Alan. Like I'd sit back and just watch these cutscenes and just like this is amazing. And one thing that you didn't really touch on, and like I know you touched on the berserkers being like crazy difficulty spike, but one thing I also found is the variety of side quests. Because like mm. like yep. I, I yeah I've gone through the main story, but like I've also been doing side quests on the side to the point where I've almost platinum this game. <laughs> so in four days. <laughs> <laughs> so I've almost platinum this game and like. I, I don't feel bored doing that. Like, I don't really do that. Like, uh, I don't platinum games. I just kind of go through the main story, you know, do the odd side quests, and I'm done. But this one I, I feel intrigued to because, like, there are some side quests that add story elements to it. 
like and and you have like I know in the first one one of my gripes about it is that every side quest felt the same like you go here you kill this whatever go away you get you get loot right like and I was like ah you know this is kind of boring like you know I'm just like hitting things and then getting loot this one it's like oh no you're doing like a puzzle oh no you're doing like you have a massive boss fight oh no you actually have to like kind of search for someone you have to kind of find things so the variety of the side quest makes it interesting it doesn't like make it dead like yes there is like it's at heart like a bit of like a mix of like a hack and slash and like an rpg action kind of game so you're gonna you're gonna kill shit but i feel like there's a good balance of different things and different variety that it makes it good well one thing i definitely want to add in to what you just said and is blowing me away i absolutely love this when they do this in games um everything you just said about the side quest being like the, the variety aspect to it the one layer that they add on that I am in love with is the narrative that, you know, it's not like it's not narrative points that tie in directly to what's happening in the main story where if you miss it, you're going to be like lost in the main story. But there's character moments where I have learned so much about the side characters through very subtle dialogue exchanges. And that's oh my God, yeah. that's Kratos included. Like. The way one thing I want to talk about in depth is fucking Kratos, dude. The way that they have evolved his character into being like an actual humble dude is mm-hmm. fucking ten out of ten. You don't even understand. I don't. Does, is, don't. I know, don't. I know. You shut up. <laughs> but but so far, man, like his compassion and ability to like his ability to love has actually like <laughs> improved. And then you know, there's little things like um, Lemire just explaining when he was alive and beside Odin, the the type of dude he was and the regrets he has and how he wants to become a better person. Um, Moments with Freya and her and Kratos going back and forth. And again, him learning about her past and where she comes from. And then in turn, when she kind of like mellows out and is like, tell me about you. Like, tell me about your life, your, your, your late wife, like your, your, your childhood like you learn all these fucking things the way they brought that up i thought was genius when she it's not like oh hey tell me about yourself it was like you have no idea what it's like to lose a son the way i do or lose a child and he's like you have no idea what i've been through because he's lost his daughter and then that's what it gets brought up and And he's hesitant to talk about it he's like but she pulls it out of him yeah yeah he's like i'm not going to talk about that right now and then later it's just like fine i you you know what i know about your son i'll tell you about mine He, he goes over it it's just like wow like it's so intelligent it's not just the what's being told it's the way it's being told it feels authentic it feels natural and yeah it's incredible and and it like luke said it does tie into the gameplay as well of like what you're actually missioning out to do Mm -hmm. so a lot of these side quests not just being like go get this loot it's like no go free this fucking beast that's been chained up for thousands of years well why is it chained up well that has to do with the side character and them performing something this atrocious act way back when they want to atone for it and now you're helping them and it all ties in together and i fucking love yeah. it like i love every even, bit of it even so the berserkers right like the mm. mirror goes off yeah on the berserkers so i love the like i there's so many times in this game where i've literally just sat there for five ten minutes just listening to the idle chatter that these yeah. characters have and like i have never done that in the game i literally just like blitz through the next thing like if you guys couldn't guess, because I've almost platinum this in the game, I play games pretty quickly. So, like, that, just slowing down and enjoying that, mm. like, is it, just huge for me. 
Luke, how are you finding, um, you know, gameplay being like mission structure and stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. but more or less the actual combat, um, the switching of characters, if we want to maybe touch on that and how you actually get to play with a lot more side characters and you also get to play as different characters in this game. How are you enjoying that aspect, combat, all that stuff? So we're getting a little heavier on spoilers now. We're yeah, we're getting thing, a little or... bit heavier in spoilers yeah. we, here. Everyone knows now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Leave I, I mean, we kind of gave a little bit of side, spo- a side quest spoilers and dialogue spoilers, yeah. like the whole Fredo and Kratos past thing. But, um, yeah, the gameplay, man, I, I'm really enjoying it. Like, if, if it was, like, strictly gameplay, I'd still think Elden Ring is a lot better. Like, just combat-wise, like, I think mm-hmm. Elden Ring is a lot better. But, like, I'm not looking at this game at, the, at that, like, kind of lens. So, like, I like how, like, right off the bat, like, you started off with what you had with, like, yeah. you know, you had the Chaos Blaze, you had the, the Ice Axe. Like, I'm just going to call it that because I don't think a lot of people know it's called Leviathan Axe. Yeah. But <laughs> you have the Axe, you have the Blades, and it's great. But I love how, like, before it was the first game, you only got Atreus as, like, a partner. Mm. This one, now you have, like, Freya. You even have Brock. Like, Brock was Uh, my favorite. Uh, Yeah, Brock, sorry. Yeah. Brock is my favorite, man. (laughs) The shit he shouts out while you're you're asking him to throw his little bombs at people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, even his, like, special ability where it stuns everything is just so awesome. Like, Brock is one of my favorite characters in this game. I just love him the bits. Um, so, like, uh, gameplay for me has been great. Um, I really like the the mission design. I love how, like, every realm has, like, a different feel to it. Like, uh, when you're going through it, like, even, like, like going through side quest stuff, like, every realm is, like, a bit different. It's different geographically, but also, like, how you kind of move through everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I've I, I really enjoyed it. Derek, where are you at? How are you feeling with the gameplay? The gameplay is really the only issue I have with the game. Everything else in this game is masterpiece level, and it's not clicking with me quite the same way it does for uh, for you guys with the way it was laid out. Um, I think the biggest thing I have is that it, as much as they've evolved the combat and the mission structure, and this game feels different in a lot of ways, you do spend a lot of time like unlocking the same things that you unlocked in the first game, and some things are like okay, like I just got the ability to do the uh, to recall your axe and do a, a heavy slam down, and that move's amazing. But I unlocked that in the first game, and I spent twenty hours unlocking it in this one. So as much as there's new things, I've felt like there's a lot of just re-unlocking things you've already done, getting things back that you've already had, and that has made it feel a little bit less interesting and special to me um where the story is is so evolved and the characters are so much more evolved it feels like a massive step forward from the previous game where the gameplay feels like it's improved but it's really just kind of tweaked and added to something where i feel like other sequels have done it a lot a lot better right um when you when i think of like incredible sequels that have built upon things with gameplay like you're thinking of last of us one versus two and how much better and evolved that same system is um arkham arkham city versus arkham asylum where arkham city you start with everything you had in in asylum and then they add a whole bunch of stuff on top of that where this one i'm 20 hours in and i'm still unlocking abilities that i i unlocked four years ago and um stuff like that has just held this back because the moment-to-moment combat is enjoyable it is fun you use different combos and you do all the fun spectacle level stuff that you used to do in the first one and that that these games are known for 
Um, it's really just been the progression that's held this back from being that game that I can't put down. Um, whereas Luke mentioned the combat with Elden Ring, that game, I couldn't put the controller down because just <laughs> like hitting things in that game and upgrading your weapons was so, it just felt so good in your hands. And with this one specifically, and actually I should touch on this specifically with Kratos, it feels like I've been here and done that with Atreus and with, uh, or with Loki, however you want to refer to him in this game. Um, he is incredible. I love playing as this character with this character. I feel like I'm truly playing a new game. I'm truly getting something different and interesting and fresh and exciting. And I think I just connect with his play style more with how fast he is, with how agile and how much he can dodge better with Kratos just feels like this big hulking mass where when I play games like this, I don't usually play like that kind of character. So there's innovation here, but when I go back to playing Kratos, it's like, okay, I got to play as Kratos to get through, do my, do my axe smash and whatever. And then I get to play back as Atreus with the, with the bows and his dodging and his special abilities and everything. So yeah. it's, yeah. It, it's, it's where it comes down. Like for me, it's a mixed bag. It's, it's a good experience. I'm having fun with it, but it's nowhere near like a reason why I'm playing this game. If this game didn't have the story and the characters and the world and Pretty much like 90% of this game is perfect, and this little part is like, mm, it's, it's, it's good for me. And yeah. that's kind of where I'm coming away from it, and it's ending up with a, with a good experience, with a really good time. Yeah, um, uh, I, we've talked about this before. I'm definitely more in line with Luke of just like, I really enjoy the responsiveness, the feel, the variety. I think that's the one thing is the fucking variety. Like... As much as I like variety in um, in Elden Ring came down to you had to change your character, right? You had to become a magic player, or you had to become a fucking a blood uh, whatever player. Like there was different like um, builds, builds that you had to go yeah. with, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Kratos is Kratos, yeah. but the fucking amount of shit that he is capable of, if you go into the skill tree and actually learn the intricacies of it all, I do agree with you. Is mostly based on 2018 right but here's mm-hmm. where for me personally as a sequel i think they fucking absolutely killed the approach without reinventing the wheel because the way i think of it if you got ragnarok and you had all that shit unlocked the moment you picked up the controller all of 2018 yeah. was available to you too much you would have got lost yeah. in the weeds you would have no idea what the fuck to use half the controls would have gone to waste so they did it very smart and they did two things they drip feed you Kratos's 2018 move set in such a slow way that you are forced to move to to utilize all those basics. And every time you get an upgrade, it's a glorious fucking thing because you're like, "Yo, okay, I'm gonna learn that thing. I'm gonna add it to my like arsenal. I'm gonna get better and better." Until now, like you know where I'm at, you have fucking a slew of shit and you are wrecking. But the other thing they did that made all that better because I think that alone was an okay approach you know it, it is what it is that's kind of the only way that I, like i'm fine with them having done that but what made that more tolerable and actually work really well was the pacing dude one thing with ragnarok that i gotta give it to them is they have nailed in every single aspect for at least the way i like playing games the pacing so i always get to a point where it's like okay i've played as kratos for let's say an hour two hours this is getting a little long in the tooth, like fucking, okay, like we're, we're like, this is a lot. Like when's the next thing? And then the next thing happens as soon as I start getting those thoughts. And now mm-hmm. you're playing as Atreus. And Atreus's moveset is completely different. And here's where the sequel comes in of like, 
Here's a brand new character, all new moveset, all new abilities. He can fucking transform, man. He can do all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, he has so many <laughs> fucking cool things. Yeah, he's a he's a highlight for me for this game. He's uh, one of yeah, the best parts. Yeah, I'm gonna 100%. say moving forward because it's gonna get increasingly difficult from this point forward. Everything like it, this is gonna be very heavy spoilers because I I, I want to talk about some some shit here, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So you play as Atreus and you get to customize every fucking inch of that kid close to not not to the same degree that you do kratos but enough that's really satisfying to progress him then Mm -hmm. you get freya now you don't get to play as freya as far as i know where i'm at in the game but you play with her and you get to upgrade her and her skill tree and there's all these things and once you start putting this all together and the way that they're rotating you know okay you're playing with kratos and atreus then it's just atreus then it's just Kratos, and then Sindri comes in, and now it's Kratos and Sindri. Now it's Kratos and Brock. Now it's Kratos and Freya. Now it's um, fucking Atreus, and so, some other th- stuff happens. There, yeah. Like People team up in these combos that I'm like, holy shit, Like that's what's keeping it interesting. And yeah. the way that you use their powers with that slow, drip-fed ability system they're giving you to Kratos most of the time, is keeping it fucking hella interesting for me. And I'm I'm loving the way they're doing that so that every time I get an upgrade, it feels earned, it feels powerful, it feels useful. Um, yeah, I just, that mixed with everything Luke and I were talking about with like um, going out and just exploring like what the world has to offer with the variety of stuff available to you. Uh, the gameplay is really what I'm here for. And it's like, the story is also what I'm here for. Don't get me wrong, but um, well, for you it's a ten out of ten, so you love yeah, all of it. Yeah, like, it just equally, it keeps yeah. me hooked, right? Like I I really have a physical issue of once I start <laughs> playing this game, putting it down for both those reasons. If a cutscene mm. plays, forget it. I'm locked in. But still, the gameplay too. Like I'm just finding myself sitting there, endlessly grinding, and I I haven't gotten bored with it yet. So I'm I'm loving the fact that they kind of took that approach with the yeah, hundred percent. Like I mean. I literally have, and I told I told both of you guys this, but I've literally stood at a, a single spot for 15 minutes trying to hit <laughs> yeah, a raven the, the going eyes of by. Like literally the eyes of Odin, those green birds, that literally is like a, a total optional thing. But sometimes I literally just stand there with my axe just being like, all right, when's it coming back? I'm going to try hit this thing. And I've literally spent 10 minutes doing it. I maybe I just easily entertained, but whatever. Like some of the stuff. <laughs> ten really out of ten no, game. I, I do, I ten out of ten game. Thing, I can kill ravens. Yeah. But uh, no. Also, like one thing I will say though uh, that I kind of agree with a Derek on. I didn't get a heavy attack for my axe until a long time. Eighteen twenty hours in. <laughs> yeah. That I is a really one. big issue. Like I I, I think like uh, like I really enjoy the combat. I really love this game, as you guys know. But like. It took me half the game to get the thing, and I was opening every chest that I could. So it's not mm-hmm. like I didn't find it. It was more, it wasn't available. So I don't know if that was intentional or if it was maybe like just uh, people thought they would progress through the main story quicker than the side quests, mm-hmm. and maybe just didn't. I took a different approach than I did. Cause well, like I went through the main story. I mainlined the main story, and it still took me like twenty hours to get that that thing. Yeah. Right. So I don't yeah. know. Well, speaking of story, boys. 
Let's do it. Let's fucking get into the actual plot points here. Again, let's try and just go up to the Lake of Nine where Derek and I are at because we have so not progressed Midgard. further. So be careful, Luke. I swear to God. I um, won't. I won't. I'll be good. But I de- this is like the heaviest of spoilers for anyone still here. Um, but uh, fuck, dude. I got to talk about this story because the intro to this game was such a fucking balls to the wall. Like, you, he's sitting in the cave, you take the controller, you press start, and immediately you are on a roller coaster with Freya trying to kill you, you're rocketing down a mountain. It's just like blockbuster movie level production. It's so fucking cool. And yeah. then you you get shot into the fucking most emotional scene about a wolf mm-hmm. that I've never met. And then some animal shit happens that like... Dude, Breaks when, your heart. When I say that yeah. struck a chord with me, like I think we've all probably lost an animal in our lives mm-hmm. and like yeah. watching Atreus within the first five minutes of this game hold his pet wolf who I've never met before I don't know this, he's not in the first game I don't know what the fuck this wolf is no you are literally introduced to him who has an interesting name what, what is his name Fenrir what is that for let us in You're, so, you got the knowledge so Ragnarok <laughs> is like the end of it's apocalypse for more mm. Norse mythology so I was like okay when are they bringing the big bad wolf Fenrir in here hmm so in Norse mythology, Fenrir is a, a son of Loki, who is a wolf, just just endlessly grows. But he's, is he the, the reason... one that like eats the sun or the moon or something no, like that, that in the that, legend? Those those are That's two simple, yeah. two wolves. There's two different wolves oh, okay. that do that. Uh, but no, though. So Fenrir is actually supposed to cause uh, is one of the causes of Ragnarok. Oh shit! Okay. In, in Norse mythology, and like there's this whole thing about like you know them binding him with like special chains and everything like bites off Tyr's arm, like all this uh, kind of fun stuff. So when I saw that scene <laughs> and I see this little wolf Fenrir, I'm like, oh, okay, like, is it thick? And then it just dies. I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. I, I want to see where this goes. Um, so that whole, like also Freya's revenge to her in that first little bit, like, cause <laughs> just to catch up people that aren't familiar, you killed her son in the last game and she lost her crap. She helped you all the first She's game, pissed. and then literally you kill her son, which is Balder. I mean, you had to, to save her, and that's their reasoning for it. But then she's just on a revenge tour, and I, I thought the way they did that was fantastic. Yeah, she is out for blood in that, and I, I never knew I you could portray bloodlust like that. It was so good, dude. Like the way that. Uh they showed Freya kind of leaving off from 2018 and her fury and rage and all that stuff. But then again, the way that they handle bringing her back into the fold and having Atreus try reaching out doesn't go very well. Um, Kratos then, you know, finds her and it's like, I'm still at the part where they're not totally cool yet. There, there's still, there's a lot of friction. There's a lot of animosity, um, but there's those moments that we talked about where it's like they're learning about each other and they're like, oh, shit, okay, there's more to you than this angry fucking god that just kills other gods, and there's more to you than just the, the woman in the woods that wants to murder me for murdering her son. Like, they're learning all these character traits and little things about each other's personality. Um, it's those moments, man. Fuck, like, every, yeah. like I said before, every character interaction in this game is so well done so far. Um the, it's the depth of them. I think every single character has multiple different facets to their history, their personality, 
who they're with in terms of each other. Like we haven't even touched on Tyr. Like Tyr is a god mm. of war, and he's just like, hey, like I'm a pacifist. I don't want to do anything. He's just, I don't want to. He gets, he killed an elf and gets sad. Like it's, it's stuff like that where you're like, but this character, I care about him because he's got depth. They feel like real characters with emotions, and it's not just like, okay, cool, like we're good now. Like yeah, you kill my son, but like yeah, we'll get over it. Like they're still. It feels like she's working through it, and they're they're slowly growing and, and evolving. And I think that the character dramas and the character conflicts in this game are what's the biggest thing for me, at least. I don't know what you guys are finding is pushing you through the story, but I feel like the the dynamic between Kratos and Freya and them mending their relationship, while Kratos is also losing and his relationship with Atreus, and they're struggling and they're having their battles because their conflict is, for me at least, one of the best parts of this game. And seeing them build their relationship in the first one, and then in this one you see that attachment that Kratos has to Atreus and how much he just wants to keep him safe. And that one line that they had about... Um, Atreus wanted to do his own thing and like branch out and Kratos just goes you are your only responsibility is to be my son and to be safe that is all that you are yeah you are not this yeah. god you are my son and that's all that you are and all you will be and like that that sense of ownership and like he can't let go because he's lost family he's lost so much and he has this thing here that he loves but he's kind of destroying it and ruining it and like yeah. controlling it into such a toxic way it's 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 crazy it's the, it's it's the, the commotion, emotional yeah the progression of Kratos, as I mentioned earlier, has been one of my favorite things because coming into 2018 as someone who like I tried, I think the original God of War, I tried three when the demo came out. Not for me. Wrote them off. Never cared. 2018 came out and I was like, that, that this is my entry, right? Fell in love with it. I was like, this is fucking fantastic. But 2018 very much sticks to I am the angry old man. Get off my lawn. Um, and like very harsh love towards Atreus. This game, the way they explore Kratos just becoming like, like, I don't want to say human, he's a god, but you know what I mean? Like, he's becoming more empathetic. I mean, he was human. And vulnerable. Like, yeah, yeah, vulnerable is a great word for it. Yeah. He's just like, man, every little fucking thing he's doing. Like, there's one scene, I'm not going to say what it is. It's with another character, and it's the way that he just. He doesn't have to, but the way that he shows his respect to that character, I literally, like, there's moments in this game where I get full body chills, and that was one of them, where I was just like, who the fuck wrote this scene? Oh, like, it, like it, it's so good, man. Like, it, oh, I, I fucking love it. <laughs> and, and you know what's awesome about this game? There are so many scenes in this game where there's no dialogue. Yeah. That's just, just feel the emotion in this. Like, and I, I just especially with like Kratos like because like he has like this whole like kind of struggle especially like what Derek mentioned with like the decline of the relationship and like for Kratos it must be so uh it's almost like deja vu for him because mm -hmm. it's a whole like they bring in fate again so like I know you, like you guys didn't play the first three I didn't really play the first three but I I like watched so much YouTube and stuff before I played 2018 um he like a good part of the first thing uh, was that the oracles predicted that the god of war was going to destroy Olympus. And they made Kratos in uh, like try kill the god of war so that that wouldn't happen. But then he became the god of war. So he fulfilled the prophecy. And then he fulfilled the which is prophecy. a huge thing so, in this game. The so, whole like, prophecy the, at all. so so the whole decline like of this game is again fate rearing its uh, head to Kratos yeah. involving him like that he's fated to die that he like you see this at the end of the last game 
So you're, you're fated to die, and like Atreus is like supposed to be the savior of the giants. The champion. The champion. Well, of we haven't Nine. touched on that yet. We've touched on the like the emotion and so. the characters and stuff, but we haven't touched on how grand the stakes are in this game. Um, that was uh, Luke mentioned a couple of things about side quests being his biggest issue in the first game. For me, it was that your entire game, as much as there's good characters, it's you're going to this mountain to spread some ashes, yeah. and like that's the whole game. That's the whole like driving plot. And as much as that may have worked for a lot of people, for me, the stakes in this game of Ragnarok and Atreus and going off and meeting Odin and meeting Thor and having their own little oh, thing with all of them. Like yeah, we yeah, got know, we got to right? like, we got to go back to the that first Thor. scene because oh that's great so, so well done. I just need to mention the fact that they teased this in 2018. We all know that you know the the thing where he goes to I grab his so hammer hard. and the the lightning and then cuts to black right and everyone's like fucking Thor is gonna be in Ragnarok so sick. I don't know about you guys, I 100 percent thought you know that would be the scene he shows up and he's just like you killed my fucking kids and he comes in there's a big battle and all this shit. Like but again, 2.0. Yeah, but again, being the writers that they are and how fucking well this game is written, he immediately puts it away and is just like, let's have a drink and like walks in. And then Odin shows up and there is like an inglorious bastards level yeah. tension oh my God. of where they're just sitting at a table and there's very little words being like, there's a lot of looks, like you said, Luke. And I, I could feel the fucking tension where I'm just like, yo, shit's going to pop off any second. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the door knocks and it's like, Treyas, go see who that is. And Oda's standing there. I'm like, God damn, this is good. Yeah. And can we can we speak on a little bit of, like, the character side of both Odin and Thor? Hmm. Like, they're fantastic. I, I love how they yeah, made both Odin. Both of them are like, so Odin good. Odin is yeah. so, like, he comes off. Like, so first off. The way they designed him, I was like, is like this like really frail looking old man. Yeah. Like he, he's a tiny dude. Yeah. And uh, but like you can tell he's a snake. Like he's like yeah. There's he something has this, off. Like, and there's you're something not sure. off. You're like this guy's way too nice. Like yeah. he's he's hiding something. He's got that whole vibe about him. And you're 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 kind of just like turning your gears, being like, what's this guy gonna do? Why is he trying to offer peace right off the start? Like, yeah. And why is he after Atreus to... so much? Like yeah, I, I like, still don't have those answers. Yeah. Like and and then Thor. Mm, Thor's great. You're, this is Dude, this yeah. is not Marvel. Like Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> jack to shit Thor. What's no, the guy that is... voices uh, Thanos? Because why does it, uh, James uh, Brolin? Why does it sound exactly like him? I don't know. I don't know who voices. Does he not sound exactly Thor. like Thanos? A bit, yeah, yeah a, a little bit. But like, I really like that character design because it's yeah. really true to like Norse mythology as well. He drinks like a He's fish. Great, he drinks like a fish. So yeah. like, uh, later they kind of. Uh, get into other shit about him, but I won't get into that. But he is fantastic. And that first fight you have with Thor. So you end up getting that fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite things about Great that fight. is two things. It's one of those uh, like so this game didn't have this in the uh didn't have this in the first game where you're supposed to die. Some games like do this whole yeah. thing where you're supposed to die. Hmm. I last a while. I'm like, why is he like still like like he's not taking that much damage? Whatever. I die. I get the loading screen. So everyone's like, ah, oh, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta think. And there's a voice line from Thor where he's like, oh no, you don't. I'm not done with you yet. Yeah. And he literally rezzes you yeah. out with of this, the freaking death screen. That is insane. Yeah, I have never seen moment. a game do that. Yeah. Like, and that was amazing. And then also the ending clash of that fight 
when the like you have Kratos with the the axe and then Thor throwing his hammer and then it's just a lightning they bolt. It's a beam, frozen yeah. lightning bolt. Oh, it was it was incredible. Like I I remember my heart was going like 120. It had to be like it was. Yeah, it, it was, was so, so good, incredible. man. And to Derek's point, this is all building to the Ragnarok, the end of the world, the end of the nine realms. Like the, the stakes are as high as they could possibly be. And the whole time this setup starts happening where Odin's basically trying to like recruit Atreus for some reason. And we never know why. And Atreus doesn't want to tell Kratos and that creates conflict between them until he runs away. Um, there's, there's like a lot going on in this game with layers. Yeah. There's so many layers that get answered and I, I just can't wait until you guys get there. Okay. Like, well, let, let, let's get to so the, the point where uh, Luke, I'll start with you because you finished it. Now that you're done, you've beaten the story, you've seen everything that it has to offer. How would you rate the story? Like, how satisfied are you with it? Like, just kind of, you know, general notes on what do you think of it? Um, I would say it's easily like a 20 out of 10. It's one of the best nice. stories I ever easily. had in a video game. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, seriously, for me, for me at least, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I know, like, like as I've, I've said, like, this is right up my alley. Like, I love Norse mythology. I don't know like what it is about it i just anything norse i'll play it like 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 i kind of mentioned at the beginning so like assassin's creed valhalla yeah, yeah. like that game was not loved by many but i love the shit out of that game um but the thing about the story that really hits me is just the development how many like how deep it is and you learn so much about the characters that isn't the main path like mm -hmm. as we kind of brought up before but the way everything kind of folds in, how it ties to Norse mythology, as well as taking their own kind of spin at it, and how almost all the characters have this complete change from how they were at the beginning of the game, yeah. and like how how you learn about like each one of those like kind of struggles and like how do they overcome these struggles or don't overcome these struggles is insane. Like, um. It's really hard to kind of like mention things because I don't know if you guys have gotten to certain yeah. points, no, especially be careful, like because it's side quests, right? <laughs> like some of these are side quest stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, don't mention it, specifics, man. I haven't done a lot of side quests either. Yeah. So, like, like you learn about Brock's past. Like, every, tells, talks I will about say Brock, everything about Brock. I've really, I've really loved so far. Like you, you kind of learn why he's blue. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, nice. So I won't say why, and then. I mean, they hinted at it at a part you got to, Alan. I think I, I, I think I, I think know. I know yeah, but yeah. man, like I will agree with you. His story has been phenomenal. Just it, it <sighs> explains him and Sindri's relationship really is why there's so much fucking tension. But like, the, there's so much about this story <laughs> and the the turns and the sharp, drastic changes that some of these characters go through throughout the game. Like, especially, like, you kind of touched on Freya, how it's, like, she's starting to kind of warm up to Kratos. Yeah. And, like, and, and even Atreus. I think she's never really hated Atreus. I think even though Atreus was the one that kind of yeah. put the, the <laughs> final nail in the coffin, um, I do think she actually kind of still is okay with Atreus. Even, yeah. like, I know you mentioned that one thing, when, like, when you're, you're back in Midgard and Atreus sneaks off to go talk to Freya. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I'm right there with you, dude. I like not having beaten the game. I can only say so much and I'll pass it off to Derek soon because um, 
you know i i think it's it's pretty obvious how much i love this game so far um but i can't speak highly enough about the story so far so everything with the side characters dude that little fucking uh, tree squirrel guy that He's guy's awesome. fanta- fantastic oh, yeah like, like <laughs> i I'm, I'm really hoping there's more of him like there's all these like side characters um there is a shot with Sindri doing some things that I was a big fan of, and it's like he doesn't say a word the whole time. But there's moments like that, maybe not a character moment, but within the story, within how they're explaining certain things, and I, I don't think Derek's gotten here. So, like, there's just these, again, no words are spoken, and I'm watching the scene play out, and I'm just like, this story's so fucking good. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I love the drama between Atreus and Kratos right now. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth. We haven't even spoken. Uh, we don't really need to, but uh, we haven't spoken about the other giant, the girl, and I forget her name. Angaboda. Guys... Yeah. yeah like great. that Like that whole thing and the way that the camera is transitioning between characters to keep the single shot. Um, I am or how in Loki this just story. Dreams himself to Jotunheim. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, honestly, the, the okay, the single shot character in the first game was impressive. The way it's done here, with how many like changes of location and changes of characters, is t- mind blowing of how they can achieve this. It's, and it's so smooth. It's so all, the first time all you change to Atreus was inc- was incredible. It, I didn't see it coming. It was just your just Kratos, and then it kind of zooms out to the thing. You're like, okay, we're gonna continue the cutscene out here. And then you're just walking away as Atreus. And it was just, it was, it was a really, really interesting and really amazing yeah. way that they could do it. Yeah. Well, Derek, let's end with you. Uh, where you're at in the story and, uh, and how you found it so far. Like, what are your kind of final thoughts on that? I mean, we, we've covered most of it. I, it's hard to just not just go over everything we've said. Like, the story is the reason that I'm playing this game. We've had our differences about the combat, but I think we all agree that this is one of the best written games ever. It has some of the best characters, best story, best plotline, like everything that you want out of uh, a narrative, out of um, an adventure like this, you're getting here. And if anything, even if you're not, I don't know, I doubt anybody who's listening to this hasn't played the game yet or isn't going to play the game, but... It's um it's something truly special, and I think that it's going to be talked about for a while. And it's uh, I'm really really excited to see where the next ten twenty hours or whatever I got left yeah, takes me because I, it can ugh. go in a lot of different directions. I'm hoping there's like a good chunk left. I feel like there is just based on um what I know the the game takes in terms of like completion time and how much time I've spent just fucking around doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm pumped, man. Do you guys I, have any final thoughts before we wrap things up? What's up, Luke? I was gonna say, like, you guys are on the money. You have a lot of key moments Sick. on the horizon for you guys, awesome. and I would, lo- I can't wait to have this discussion with you guys once you finish. Because like, there, there's so much things that make this game so much better at mm. the end. So, and what I, what I love about this game is that even though you're done the main story, there's big plot points after. Well, I mean, yeah, I just giant I, reveals. I just got to one piece where I was just like, okay, like this is fucking cool as hell, and I I think Derek's probably close-ish, depending on where he is. Yeah, um, I think I I think he's pretty close to yeah. that. But so this but, again, this game just around. keeps expanding, man. So excited. Yeah, maybe not so much as like Elden Ring, where it's like you literally like your map just keeps getting. <laughs> no, that was your map. That was another map. <laughs> like, and that but, is why that's game of the year. Yeah, it, but like. God of War, like really, I thought it was gonna be good. I didn't think it was gonna be this good. Mm. It's a so lot of games. So where does it stack up for both of you? Better than the sequel? Better than you expected? Sorry, better than the 
original, better than uh, you expected? So far, yeah. Just, be, just because it took story. the formula and ran with it in every single conceivable way, for sure. Yep. And, and what I really liked, and I don't think we really talked about this, this this series was supposed to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, it, so, they, they, they decided, you know what? We're ending it at two. And I think that is a huge decision from uh, you know the studio, and one that probably cost them a lot of money. But I think it did the game a whole lot of justice. Well, and, pr- and probably really why job. this game is so fucking massive too, right? Yeah. Probably. I always said about, like, people complained about fucking Last of Us Part 2, but it's like, I felt so gifted that we basically got two games. Mm-hmm. Because for anyone who hasn't played it, spoilers for that as well. You go through an entire game's worth as Ellie, and then you switch to another character and play for the same amount of time. Like, there's two games packed in there. Yeah, Luke hasn't played that game yet. It's fucking That's insane. fine. It's um, too late now for me to like worry about spoilers. Yeah, I'm just messing. With well, I'm not. I'm not saying who it is or what it is, but yeah, similar thing. Like I think because it was you know such a big concept and they kind of packed in a lot of it. It seems to Ragnarok. I think we benefited, like you said, from getting a really fucking meaty game, dude. I have no problem paying a hundred a uh, hundred dollars for games like this. Oh yeah, and you get this much content. Are you kidding me? Versus. You'll sometimes pay, play a game for like what five hours and it's done. It was like a hundred dollars. Fuck. Yeah, yeah man. Like, the, the quarry was worth every penny oh, that we paid for that game. <laughs> Let's not bring that up again, uh, Star Spot. Like I'm just happy we bought Anthem for like two dollars. Yes. Because like that game we played what like an hour, two hours. It was Literally. fun for those yeah. two hours. Yeah. But yeah, there's some games out there that you know you buy and then you really regret either because of timing. Of like other releases, like the biggest one I think is, uh, I think it was like, was it Battleborn? I think it was, and then Overwatch coming out literally the next yeah. week. Like oh, that poor game was doomed, that poor game. Man. Doomed. It, it, uh, it was so, but like, no, God of War timed perfectly. I even though yep. it was delayed, like it was delayed. I think that was a very good decision because yep. it just came out perfect for me. Same. Well, boys, if that's it good discussion uh thank you both for coming on for this uh i mean we used to do this fucking what every night for like four years while playing rainbow six siege but now we're just hitting a record button and sharing it with a bunch of people so um thank you guys for coming on i really appreciate it and hopefully we'll have you both back soon um but that's gonna be it from us thanks to everyone for listening as always and we'll catch y'all next week The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints on the Pixel Candy Podcast are those of the hosts and the hosts alone. The Pixel Candy Podcast does not reflect the opinions or views of either Amazon Inc. or Eastside Games Group.